Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Alright. Wow. Hello, Victory family. Great things are indeed happening around the world. We want to thank every one of you for participating in our world missions. And today we're going to continue on uh, our second week of talking about missions. But what an awesome time for us to just be here today. I'd like to acknowledge uh, those of you who are joining us in the Zoom. Uh, and for those of you also who are watching from your own home, Facebook or uh, YouTube. Of course, uh, it's so good to see Pastor Saul and the team here uh, with us today uh, live. And uh, of course, Pastor Bodhi and we're hoping to see that day that we'll be able to gather here. Of course, we want to do it slowly. We're following protocols. Just remove my face mask and my shield, but my, my shield, my, yeah, my Iron Man shield. But, you know, but definitely we will be following um, uh, medical protocols so that we will all be safe. Uh, well, last week we started uh, on this two-week mission series entitled The Mission Continues. And for those of you who are joining us you, uh, for the past months, we are actually still in the book of Romance. Uh, and we have talked about the importance last week of uh, preaching the gospel uh, to all nations. In fact, the main point is the gospel must be preached at all costs. Everybody say at all costs. To bring salvation to the nations. And we also learned that each of us has been given a part in sharing the gospel to others. All we got to do is to share our story. And my question for us this, uh, this day is, what is your story? You have a story to tell. And I encourage you to uh, be bold enough to open up your mouth. You know, it starts with having a compassion and care for people. And just tell them about the good news that God has done in your life. In fact, Jesus was a great storyteller about the kingdom of God. He used parables. And he was talking about, uh, you know, the kingdom of God is... He's, he used about, you know, things that are seen every single day. Things that are seen by the people in the streets, birds, you know, the, the mustard seed, the path, and so on and so forth. And I believe that God's also going to use each and every one of us in sharing uh, the gospel to other people. And today we're going to be looking at how the mission of God can be fulfilled all throughout the earth. And uh, we'll be reading from the book of Romans still. And if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and open it to Romans chapter 15. And we'll be reading from verse 18 to 21. Okay, Romans chapter 15, 18 to 21. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the, the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of the signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never been heard, who've never heard, will understand. This is the word of the Lord. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you will help us as a church here in Victory, particularly in Victory Alabang, to be in the forefront of helping those who have not yet seen to be able to see, and those who have not yet heard the gospel to be able to hear about the good news that only Jesus Christ can bring. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Well, today, as I uh, mentioned earlier, we want to conclude a two-week series on world missions. And I believe that many of us are probably wondering, you know, what's, you know, what's, what am I supposed to do? What's my role here? You know, I am a regular housewife, or maybe I am a student, or maybe I am a business person, and I'm not part of the full-time ministry. But I believe that each and every one of us have a role to play in world missions. You know, when Jesus gave us the Great Commission uh, back in Matthew 28, uh, he said simply to go into all the world and to preach the good news. And I want us to have a, a proper understanding of the difference between evangelism and world missions. And I believe that all of us uh, can be equipped to evangelize. You know, when you talk about evangelism, evangelism means to share the gospel to another person. Maybe some of you are gifted evangelists, and I, I have some friends who are gifted evangelists, somehow, uh, or equipped rather, they have a passion to evangelize the lost. But there are those that are not as vocal or not as bold to share, but I believe also that evangelism can be learned. It is done in a familiar context, like sharing with your family or office mates or classmates or maybe on the plane, you know, when the airports begin to open, on the bus or maybe uh, in jeepneys when it's, you know, it's, it's, it's now allowed to, to ride there. Uh, and you normally speak the same language and often in the same culture. Now, this is not just the task for, uh, for full-time ministers. And I believe that many of us have like evangelists in our church. You know, one of our evangelists uh, that I believe has the office of evangelist is uh, Bishop Freddy Kabiling. And, you know, everywhere he goes, he would evangelize. He was, he's on fire for evangelism. Uh, and I believe also that when you talk about that particular office, yes, that office is a gift. But I believe also that all of us, even if you don't have that gift of the evangelist, you can be equipped to evangelize. Evangelism is not a specific spiritual gift for just a few people. You might say that you have no gift of evangelism. Well, that's true. You may not have the gift, but you can learn it. We can all be equipped to evangelize. As I said earlier, last week we said, just share your story. You have a story to tell. In fact, in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, when the church was persecuted, everyone was scattered except the apostles. And they scattered and they spread to share the gospel. Now, on the other hand, you talk about missions. Missions is about crossing linguistic and cultural barriers to establish the gospel among a people who do not have adequate access to it. And the people who do not yet see will be able to see it for the first time. And those who have not yet heard of the gospel will be able to hear the gospel for the first time. Do you know that there's still a lot of people around the world who have not yet heard of this good news? You know, our God has a global mission and he is saving a people for himself out of every tribe, every language, every people and nation. And God has a mission. Would you like to just type it down in the comment section? God has a mission. He has a mission. And guess what? He has a church to fulfill that mission. You know, he's not just doing this mission all by himself. He's including us in this mission. Another way of saying this uh, is by, you know, by quoting from Dr. Ed Stetzer, one of my professors from, um, from Wheaton, and he said this, the church is sent on mission by Jesus. It's not that the church has a mission, but rather the mission has a church. We join Jesus 
on his mission. And what's interesting about this is sometimes, you know, we get to write down our mission statement, our vision statement. Yes, you know, we, we honor God and we make disciples. How many of you are familiar with that? You know, that's the sick motto that we have. You know, every time we gather in the church, you always say this, honor God and what? Make disciples. Honor God and? Honor God and? Thank you, Pastor Saul. But anyway, so, so that is the, you know, the, that is one motto or mission that we have. But yet the reality is, you know, that is in the very heart of God. Mission is rooted in the identity of God himself. God is on a mission. And Jesus is the embodiment of that mission. The very fact that God loved the world and he sent his only son, Jesus, for a mission to reach out to a people who hated him at first and saved us. This mission comes from the very heart of God. And he called the church to carry it out. You know, when Jesus gave the Great Commission, as I said earlier, Matthew 28, he just simply told us to go and make disciples. And guess what? That same call, that Great Commission is still ongoing today. Jesus identifies himself, himself as being sent more than 40 times in the Gospel of John and you know, he'd always refer himself as being sent by the Father. He was sent by the Father. In fact, in John chapter 20, verse 21, he said this, and I quote, As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Guess what? I believe Jesus saved us so that he can send us. Let me say that again. Jesus saved us. Not just to go to heaven. Jesus saved us not so that we can have a nice quiet life, but Jesus saved all of us so that he can actually send us out to the ends of the earth. My question for us today is, are you willing to be sent out? You know, I remember the call of Isaiah when he encountered the Lord and he saw the Lord in the beauty and the glory of his splendor. And he said, I saw the Lord. He was holy, holy, holy. He was crying out. And then uh, he was asking the Lord, you know, who will I send before? The Lord is asking, who will I send before us? And Isaiah said, here am I, Lord. Send me. He didn't say, here am I, Lord, send him. Or here am I, Lord, send somebody else. But he simply said, here am I, Lord, send me. When you encounter the presence of the Holy God, when you encounter the goodness of God in your life, when you encounter the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in your life, guess what? All you've got to do is just to simply say, here we are, Lord. We're willing to go. Send us. And there are three things in this text that we can actually highlight and focus on. They have a great implication in the way we conduct our lives. And having these three will actually affect the trajectory of your life. What are these three things necessary to fulfill the mission of God? First thing that we can actually see here, and we see this from the, from the statement of the Apostle Paul, is he had a holy ambition. Everybody say a holy ambition. Holy ambition. And I believe that having an ambition is not bad in itself. If it's not selfish, you know, Paul had an ambition. My question for us today is, do you have an ambition? Not bad to have an ambition, especially if it's aligned to God's word. You know, sometimes we think that having an ambition is a negative term. The dictionary defines ambition as an earnest desire for some type of power or honor, or fame, or wealth, 
or the willingness to strive for its attainment in Tagalog, ambisyoso ka. You know, when, when somebody says to you, ambisyoso ka, do you, do you feel that that is a positive statement or rather a negative one? Ikaw talaga ambisyoso ka. Something like that. But yet, when we say that to the Apostle Paul, ikaw ambisyoso ka, you know, he would simply say, yes, I have an ambition. But his ambition was not about himself. In verse 18, he said, For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the gospel, uh, to, to bring the Gentiles to obedience. In fact, he refuses to get the credit for himself except what Christ has already accomplished in him and through him. Even if the Apostle Paul has all the credentials to present you know, to all his detractors and bashers, if he had some then. He said in Philippians chapter 3, you know, I am a Pharisee, you know, I am a Hebrew of Hebrews, I am zealous for the church, etc. He did not put confidence in the flesh as he was saying this. Yet when you talk about the ambition of the world, the ambition of the world is quite different. It is self-seeking. It is, you know, it's, it's simply would desire to have something for, for me, my mind. You know, there's a lot of attention for one's glory. You desire to seek attention for, for, for one's glory. It wants to be famous. It's hungry for praises from people. But yet, Paul was driven by another kind of ambition. And we read that in uh, verse 20. And thus, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel. I mean, do you have that kind of ambition, you know? You know, many times I would talk to young people and they would say, my, you know, my ambition is to be able to finish uh, in a nice university, you know, maybe an Ivy League school. And then after that, I, you know, land a job or maybe have a business, you know. That's great. That's a goal. But yeah, the Apostle Paul has a grander ambition, a greater ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. And then he said this, As it is written, those who have never been able to tell of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. He was controlled by an ambition to preach the gospel to those who had not heard the name of Jesus from Jerusalem to Illyricum. This is what you know today as the northern Greece or Albania today. And he would not turn from this ambition until it was fulfilled. What's interesting is he said this, and you know, I was able to fulfill the ministry of the gospel. Did he really say that he was able to preach to the thousands of people in that particular region, that part of the Roman Empire, that every soul that he met, he was able to preach, and they all got saved? I don't think so. This is not really what the Apostle Paul meant when he was saying that I was able to preach and fulfill the, 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 the preaching of the gospel. But what he is saying is that he was a frontline or frontier missionary and he was able to plant churches that can cover the work of the gospel in those areas. That's the reason why as a movement in every nation, you know, victory locally, you know, and outside the Philippines were known as every nation, one of our values or crown jewels is aside from campus ministry is we plant churches and we do world missions. And the way that we do world missions is to plant churches in those nations. And Paul was called to plant churches and not just to stay 
long as a pastor in a specific local area. Some are called to pastor a specific church in a certain local area. I'm called to do that. I've been doing this for the past, I don't know, uh, I've been here 29 years in the ministry. In Alabang, I've been here for 18 years. You know, but I, you know, this is my call. This is my gift. But there are some people who are called to be missionaries like Paul, and that he would go there to plant churches and then move on to the next until there's enough opportunity for the church to reach out to other people. And this is what we do in world missions. We plant churches. We, it serves as beachheads for the gospel so that when it becomes strong, then it can evangelize the local people that are there. What, amb- what an ambition to reach the world who do not know Christ. As a church in a movement, we have a dream and an ambition to reach every nation in our generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why we continuously send our missionaries to different nations. You know, just a few days ago, I received a call from uh, our missionary to Armenia, Merli Jose, and she served as one of our staff here in Alabang, as one of our um, uh, team in, in, the, in kids' church full-time. And it's been years that, you know, Merli would sit down with me and some of our pastors and say, say to us, you know, I believe God's called me outside. I believe God's called me to the nations. Uh, and so that... Uh, dream and ambition has finally come to fruition in reality. And now Merli is serving as one of our missionaries in Armenia. And uh, last December, she just came back here in the Philippines to be able to renew the support uh, that she has so that she can go back there again. Unfortunately, the pandemic hit and she was not able to go back there in February. And so she was kind of, you know, stuck here in the Philippines. But yet the first Thing when it opened already for missionaries or people to go back to Armenia, she said, I'm taking the plane and go back there because that's where God's called me. A few days ago, I, you know, I, I was able to uh, talk to her and she said, Pastor Yael, thank you so much for the privilege of you know, being part of this thing and thank you for supporting me. But I just want to say, uh, my plane leaves tonight and uh, I just said, uh, we're praying for you. And I hope to be able to see you on Zoom with the other missionaries there in Armenia. You know, that's our responsibility as a church. We may not be able to go physically, but we're sending out, we're committed to the gospel, we're committed to the nations to be able to send out missionaries right out there. And so I encourage you, pray for our missionaries. We have a couple of them uh, there in Armenia. We have uh, Lynn Rodeo as well. And so we, we do hope that God's going to use them uh, in spreading the good news uh, to the people there in Armenia. We need to hold the ropes for our missionaries in the field. You know, Corey Ten Boon said this, a person is either a missionary or a mission field. My question for us today is, are you a missionary or are you a mission field? You know, if you look at the world today, yes, we're going through a lot. We're going through this pandemic. We're going through this economic crisis. You know, there's a lot of things happening locally in the Philippines. A lot of domestic problems. A lot of things happening in the West as well. And you can actually just enumerate a lot of world problems that people are going through today. But the greatest problem in the world today is not racial discrimination. It is not suicide or depression. 
It is not poverty. It is not corruption. It's not killings. You know, the greatest problem that we are facing is this. That about 6,700 ethnic groups that represent about 3 billion people in the planet have no or have little access to the gospel to be preached to them. That is a big problem. You know what? I want to echo what the Apostle Paul is saying. This is our ambition. This is our dream. Secondly, you know, there is a divine strategy that God's giving to us. And, you know, we can actually find this in verse 18b. You know, word and deed are signs and wonders to bring the Gentiles to obedience. How? By word and deed and by the power of signs and wonders. There is a strategy that is needed to reach the world for Christ. Word and deed. Everybody say word and deed. Just tell your seatmate there, wherever you are. You may be in the living room sitting down with your family. Word and deed. Are we disciples in word and deed? Or are we just disciples just by saying that we're disciples of Jesus? When people hear your message, for example, do they see a transformation in your life? Were your parents shocked when you got saved because you suddenly now joined them for dinner, sober and not drunk? You know, our message and our preaching must be backed up by the life that we live. Now, when we begin to share the gospel to our families and friends, they would begin to see the change and the transformation in our life. You know, let's tell you a short story. Me and my brother got saved back in 1984 when we were college students. And we were the first who got saved in our family before mom and dad. We were raised up as Catholics. You know, I was an altar boy growing up. And my brother was a litro boy. You know, I don't want to describe what that means. But you can ask him when you see him what litro boy means. But you know, when we got saved, our parents didn't just notice. They saw the difference. They saw the changes that happened in our life. We became more respectful, respectful to them. We were more responsible. We were more loving. We were more committed to church. We were more forgiving. We were more expressive of our love for them. You know, our group of friends also changed. And guess what? After three months of, you know, just walking with the Lord and praying for my parents, my parents both got saved. Um, and the whole household got saved. In word and deed. In word and deed. We're not just called to preach the word. We're also to demonstrate the word. We're also to demonstrate the gospel. We're called to serve our communities. We have to be the hands and the feet of, feet of Jesus. The church is not just the mouth, but also the hands and the feet. You know, in word and deed, do we obey the Great Commission by praying, by giving, by going to the nations? Jesus was full of zeal for the temple, that he overturned the tables of the money changers, and he said this, my house will be called a house of prayer for the nations. Not only in word and deed, but also through signs and wonders. This is not what happens in the family where in, uh, you know, the wife signs the checks and the husband wonders with the money. You know. But signs and wonders, this is what the world needs to see right now. Signs and wonders and miracles. The miracle working power of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, let's pray and believe God for signs and wonders. You know, as you preach the word, back in Acts chapter 3, you know, we preached about this about a few weeks ago. You know, when Peter and John were walking in the temple, they were about to pray. They saw this crippled man 
you know, there uh, in, in front of the temple. He was begging. He was crippled from birth. And he was asking for money from Paul and, you know, uh, for, sorry, from Peter and John. And what they said was interesting. They, they, instead of giving them money, him money, they prayed for him. And, and they said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. And then that crippled man rose up. You know, we need to ask the Lord. Lord, help us to walk in signs and wonders. Help us to actually see this as a regular fare in our daily life. We get, we get to see people you know, who are lame, able to walk. People who are blind, able to see. And I long to see that day that signs and wonders will be able to follow the preaching of God's word. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible to those who believe. You know, just uh, interestingly, this year is supposed to be the planting of our uh, Panama Church. Uh, pastor Rico Ricafort, who's the senior pastor of our church in Victor Ortigas, is bringing with himself a team to Panama this year. And I, I believe that you can see that in the screen, uh, the, the team there. Pastor Rico uh, served as one of our you know, uh, evangelists as well in our movement. And he's very passionate for the lost. And, you know, I thought that he's, you know, as he turns into, you know, the golden boy, 50 years old, that he's going to slow down. But you know what? Not Pastor Rico. He said, I, I feel the burden to be able to reach out to another people. And so he's leading a church plan to Panama. They're supposed to leave uh, this year. And our very own campus missionary from Alabang, Carlo Marana, will be joining that team. And we're excited for him as well. You know, they would have been there already and landed in that land. But yet, because of this pandemic, they're stuck here in the Philippines for a while. But even if they are seemingly stopped by this pandemic and they're still in the Philippines, guess what? They've started reaching out to the young people in Panama. In fact, what they did was they actually took a survey in the University of Panama. And uh, they asked the students, of course, in, in Spanish, you know, what's your interest? What do you want to, what need do you have? And they said, we want to learn English. And so what they did was they started an, an English class. And about 20 students from the University of Panama joined this class. And they are now uh, reaching out to them. In fact, they, a few days ago, they had a student fiesta mixer. Interesting. Fiesta, not siesta, okay? Fiesta. They had a student fiesta mixer and they were able to reach out to those students. And even if the church plant has not yet happened physically, I believe that it's a miracle, it's a science and wonder that because of technology that they were able to touch the young people of Panama even right now. Signs and wonder. And lastly, a holy empowerment. We need the power of the Spirit of God. We're familiar with this verse, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be what? Witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, we did not receive the power just to make wealth. We didn't just receive the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can have a nice, quiet, comfortable life. We didn't receive the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can actually raise up money and reach the Filipino dream and be rich. God gave us powers so that you and I can be witnesses in order for us to be able to go out from Jerusalem, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Guess what? Many, many centuries ago, the Philippines was the end of the earth because no one here knows who God is or know who Jesus was or who Jesus is. But yet now, 
you know, we know who Jesus is, and we are now the missionary sending uh, nation to the ends of the earth. God's given us power so that we can be witnesses for the gospel. And I believe that when we receive the Spirit of God, He empowers us to do God's mission. To be missional means that a church realizes that it exists to join Jesus in God's mission by the power of the Holy Spirit. Once again, Dr. Ed Stetzer said that. God will give us the heart to take the light of Christ to light the dark places of this world. You know, I'd like to end with this story from a missionary uh, who's a Scottish aristocrat by the name of John Keith Falconer. And he grew up in affluence. You know, he had the opportunity to live his life in luxury. But yet, when God called him, he chose to spend his life as a cross-cultural missionary in Yemen. And he spent his entire life among the people of Yemen. In fact, he died there in Yemen and he was buried there. And this is what he said while he was there. I have but one candle of life to burn and I would rather burn it out in a land of darkness than in a land flooded with light. You know, I hope that God will deposit in us a dream and an ambition to touch the world for Christ. When we got saved, we used to be people of darkness. But God is light. And now we are also called to be the light of the world. We all have a role to play. And this is not the time to just sit in the pews and watch the world go by before our eyes go down to destruction. Yes, the world is going through this pandemic. But what an opportune time for us in this hour to be able to preach the gospel, to open doors. You know what? When your friends and your family members are asking what's happening in the world, I believe that's an open door for them to hear your story. We are the church. And the church plays a vital role in the mission of God. And I believe God's calling us all to pray, to give, to go when there's an opportunity. You know, that we can actually say that even as the Apostle Paul has said that I have actually fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ because I went. May this be said of us that the name of Jesus will be proclaimed where it has not been proclaimed before. We have an ambition to see the different nations come to the Lordship of Christ. Let's just bow our heads right now as we pray. Heavenly Father, empower us. Empower us, Lord, to do your will, to be witnesses for the gospel. I pray that you give us a heart for world missions. Lord, help us to, Lord, make it as our ambition to be able to see people who are not yet saved, people who have not yet heard, people who have not yet seen, to, to hear it and to see it. Use us, Lord. May we have the attitude of Isaiah. Here I am, I, Lord. Send me. That we will open up our eyes, we will open up our ears, we will open up our hearts to see and to obey the call of God in our life. Father, minister to your people right now, minister to your church. I thank you, Lord God, even right now, that you're calling each and every one of us to light a fire 
so that we can actually go out there into all the world that is so dark to see the light of salvation of Christ in us. Thank you, Father. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalamang.church.